You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart. Thank you for joining us today. I have such an exciting show and we've got lots to talk about. My guest today is Charity Bradshaw, and I just love her. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I am too. We've, oh, she's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's an author. She's uh, a juggler. She can do most <laughs> anything. You know how we are. Sometimes we just have diversity, but the things that she's been able to accomplish in really a short period of time has amazed me, and I want to dig into some of those things. You know, first I want to say she is the daughter of Joan Hunter which I'm sure many of you know who she is, and the granddaughter of Charles and Francis Hunter, the Happy Hunters. So that is quite a legacy that you carry for you and your children. I love legacy. I love the fact that, uh, and all I knew about them, I never saw them in person, your grandparents, but I read their books and I just thought, I love what they carry and I just want that impartation. So what was it like being, you know, the granddaughter of this famous happy hunters. Well, it's it's one thing when you grow up in a life and you have no idea that it's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that uh, not everybody else had this kind of life. And okay. I remember the arena events going, you know, like somehow at nine and 10 years old, I had permission to go run up and down the, the bleachers and just, wow. you know, I got to pray for people and I got to see people healed. I remember the very first um, meeting that I got to go to it was a very large, like I said, arena size meeting. And my parent, my grandparents gave me a catcher. I had my very own catcher, which I also think now <laughs> might be like my own like security detail. I don't know. Basically something to make sure I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And they, um, I was short, you know, I was a kid. And so anybody who came to my prayer line would need to like get down to my level. And there was this gentleman at the very first meeting and he came to me and he said he was deaf in one year. And I inside myself said, all right, God, this is one that he's going to know if it doesn't work or not. Like I need this to happen for him. Like I was, yeah. it was just the very most childlike prayer I could even pray was God. This is a real one where he'll, he'll know, you know, yeah. if he's, if he's healed or not. And I prayed for him and he said, thank you. And he walked away and I was just like, Oh no, it didn't work. Like I was just, and I felt all this pressure yeah. on myself. Like this was, I had to do this for him. And the next day I was running the, the, the stairs and the bleachers and a man grabs my arm. And of course at first it startled me. 
And he was like, he's like, you prayed for me yesterday. He's like, I want to give you this bookmark. And he's like, I want you to know that when you prayed for me, I was healed and keep this bookmark to remember that. And I mean, I could probably start running those bleachers even faster after that. I was just so jazzed that that wow. happened. And so that was, you know, just some of the things that, that you guys <laughs> I got to experience at eight, nine, 10 years old. Yeah. And that was a normal life for yeah. you. Cause even now was your mom in ministry at that time or was she still yes. in business? My, my mom and dad were still um, ministering with them and helping support them in administrative ways and things like that. And so being the oldest of my parents tribe, I got to go, you know, on those a few, probably more than my sisters did. Um, but just kind of see, and you know, the late nights of like organizing envelopes and making sure things are done and folding prayer cloths. And <laughs> you're probably really again, good at like, that. I mean, you know, you don't know it's not normal until you get older. You're like, oh, this wasn't your life. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to do offering envelopes. Right. I know it's so funny. Exactly. So is that your fondest memory of them? You know, that in an arena setting, but just as them as grandparents, not as the famous hunters. So if I could be transparent here, they had a hard time not being Charles and Francis Hunter. Okay. And one of the times that I was coming to them about the person that I thought I was going to marry, which I did end up marrying, I said, You did or didn't? I did. Okay. So, so I, I, yes, this is Ted, my husband. I was wanting to have a sit down with my grandparents because they had a marriage that I wanted something like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Can we just sit down and for two hours, us not talk about how many people got saved today (laughs) and who got healed today? And you guys could just be my grandparents. And so they honored that and we had a really great conversation. But most of the time, our conversations was who got saved at the grocery store, who got saved at the restaurant, who got saved at the doctor's visit, who got saved on the plane, and who got healed. And, And so I can honestly say that who they were on stage was who they were when they were not on stage, sometimes to my detriment. Yes, <laughs> I yes. just wanted grandma and grandpa sometimes, but they were full of love, full of affection um, for not only us as their kids and grandkids, but deeply for each other. And that was such a gift to be able to see. And they really just lived and breathed Jesus Yeah, and bringing yeah. people to Jesus. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. So I want to talk a little bit because you've, you've got a diverse background. Mm. I know you own a business, mm-hmm. you're a publishing company. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you get involved in publishing? Because when I talked to you, you were telling me, and I read your book about going to Nashville to be in the music industry. Yeah. And that's a big turn of events from music to publishing, same creativity, really. Yeah. So I went to Nashville uh, right after my parents' divorce. God just kind of said, let's do a new start. That's yeah. the short version. Let's do a new start, new city, away from familiar connections and things like that. And my husband and I just started a brand new life in Nashville, kind of away from family, the leaving Cleves, what we called it. <laughs> and, you know, it was right after 9-11. So mm-hmm. it was a very difficult time to find work uh, for me, not for my husband. And I had the pedigree. I had the sales, you know, and I couldn't find a job to save my life. And he's like, in two days, get some management job. Wow. So we're up there. And I just assumed because I have a music degree that music industry was where I was going to go. And I did, uh, I started my own business with some people that are in the, in the recording industry that you guys would probably already know who they are. Um, and they helped me sort of start a business. And I was ending up having to work a part-time job myself to just simply pay myself because all the money from the business was having to pay my staff. Right. Maybe as entrepreneurs, you can understand that. Yes. So my staff got paid first, then I got what was left and then took another job. And in the middle of that, what I saw was my business wasn't growing. I was able to grow personally. I got a basically what I call a four-year business degree <laughs> through the hard knocks <laughs> of trying things. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, from there, went into hair. So I did, you know, transferred, same, you know, same kind of thing of just loving one-on-one relationships and taking yeah. care of people, um, but just getting to the creative side of the hair industry. And I did that for 10 years. And it was fabulous. I was able to have my kids and be at home. And I would like, you know, nurse my baby, then hand it to my client. They would hold the baby and everybody was having a yeah. great time. And then in the middle of that, 
God challenged me because I was putting my husband through nursing school. He was reinventing himself. He was evolving and it was fantastic and incredibly hard. And I thought that that was our next step was launching Ted into this career. I had my wonderfully thriving hair business Mm -hmm. and in a service out of nowhere. And it was even like a a pinch hitting speaker. Like, you know, there was one person talked and then the person got thrown in. (laughs) And the topic was what's next. And I got confronted in that service, I was not planning on any kind of confrontation because we've been focusing on Ted. This is a four and a half year journey, getting him launched into nursing school. And I'm confronted with what's next. I'm like, what do you mean what's next? I've been, I've got my thing. I'm doing great. Like this is, we're about to be dual income again. Like what are we talking about? And it's something like got provoked in me to be, be ready that a next is coming, a change is coming and to be ready and open for that. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That was like, maybe like June. August, we are invited to come speak to a marriage uh, conference in Houston where my mom's ministry is. And we had been trying to find a bigger house in Nashville to accommodate more children and my father-in-law weren't able to find anything. And we go to Texas and we sowed a big financial seed asking God to reveal where our house in Nashville was going to be, <laughs> right? Because this was the size that we yes. thought we were working with. Mm-hmm. And we come back from Houston after sowing that seed and we're in Bed Bath & Beyond parking lot where all important conversations happen. And I hear God put in my heart, I can accelerate you if you move to Houston. Wow. You can stay here and do all that I've called you to do, but I can be, I can accelerate you if you move to Houston. If you go back. And both Ted and I had never really planned on moving back to Texas, which pretty much means you're going to move back to Texas. Right. <laughs> and we ha- I had that conversation. I was like, how would you feel if we did that? He was like, good. So literally in like a five-minute conversation... We're moving back to Texas and I am going to burn my ships. I'm not taking hair with me. I'm going to be rebranded as this whatever. And, you know, I thought author was going to be the path. And, you know, and I thought that once you've got your first book out there, just hold on. The phone's going to be ringing. People are going to be calling, <laughs> trying to book you at their church. And, and I was just gonna be like, whoa, 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 everybody calm down. I'm still a mom. You know, like, let's get in line. It's like a misnomer when right. it comes to that, right? I had a total just off skewed perspective of what was going to happen. And I had to also go through a little bit of a humbling process and it was good for me. Mm-hmm. It, it was good. Those processes yeah. are often really good that I had to sort of go through that humbling of, you can't just write a book and expect people to start calling you. Huh. So just in case anybody's wondering, that's not how it works. And so I started writing, I, I wrote three books in a very short amount of time. And what I discovered in that process is how to write a book in a short amount of time. Right. And going to my mom's meetings, you know, week, you know month after month, year after year, you see the, some of the same people telling you they have a book idea. And a year later, they still have a book idea. Right. And a year later, this, and I was like, write the book. Yeah, like, just get it written. Yeah, it. quit talking and just do it. And so I just, I started working with a business coach and we kind of narrowed my niche down. And it was that I can help people write books and I can yeah. do it quickly. And I saw what I needed and I saw what I thought a lot of people needed. And I said, let's create a program to support all of those needs. Okay. So the whole publishing thing started out of me helping people start writing books. And I was just going to try to send these people out with their manuscripts to get them done. Hopefully, you know, just feeling that there's options everywhere. And when my clients were coming to me saying, nobody's returning my phone calls, nobody's keeping their word, I can't find anything. Literally, the publishing rose out of that righteous indignation that I had because I wasn't seeing anybody producing works that according to my standards, and I feel like I'm a pretty observant person, the excellence wasn't there. The relevance wasn't there. And so I literally started my publishing company called LifeWise Books because of the lack or the hole, the wide open space that I saw to support Christian authors 
into getting their books produced with wow. excellence. Yeah. And it is a hard road because I've had four books published. I've done it both through uh, uh, Publishing House. I've done mm -hmm. it individually. And you do think what God has put inside of you is so profound that people are going to be knocking down the yes. doors. And it's not that people don't want it. It's just how to get it in a, in a path where they're familiar with it, yeah. that they have access, that they yeah. have knowledge to it. So it's it's an interesting dynamic as far and as And I always that. tell people, we don't know how we know, but we have been trained to spot the difference. Yes. My kids can look at things like, that looks cooler. That's their word for it, right? Or, yeah. you know, whatever. But we know what looks amateur and what looks professional. And we are drawn to more professional. And right. so my my heart is these authors who have these amazing messages Let's package it. Let's make it look excellent. Let's let it look like it has had all the support of everyone else's traditionally published book, but with all of the ownership, with all of the legacy of self-publishing. So to me, it's the hybrid. It's the, the beautiful blend of the best of both of those worlds. Yes. And I know several people who have published with you mm -hmm. and all the information will be on the screen for you to look at. You can uh, take a look at our website, Lifeways Books. Also, mm -hmm. like I said, it's up on the screen for you. And uh, what I what I saw was uh, my friend Ruth Hendrickson mm -hmm. is just the beauty. It looks like it was done by these hundred year old publishing companies. Mm -hmm. And you've done an excellent job in Thank doing you. that. So, Thank and you. I read your book, Say, Staying I Do. Mm -hmm. I want to say say, because normally we say I do, but your book is Staying I Do. Mm -hmm. You've been married 20 years. We were yep. talking about your anniversary. Yep. I love things on marriage. I've been married 42 years. So <laughs> I am a proponent of helping people stay in the marriage that they stepped into. Yeah. So tell me about your book. What made you and Ted write it together? Because that, I can't imagine <laughs> me and my husband writing a marriage book together. And let me tell you, it was too, it was nudge after nudge after nudge after suggestion after nudge. And it was not our idea. Yeah. It was 100% not our idea to write that book. So it took a lot of external pressure, repeated pressure to get us to write that book. Because who at any point thinks they're qualified to write a book yes, on marriage? marriage? Because life is still happening while you're married. Right. And even in that that process of going from it, it being written, even through the publishing, Ted and I experienced some marital challenges. I'm like, I don't even know if we can release this book. Like, it, you know, like you have those kind of like, <laughs> obviously we're having our own issues. Yeah. Like we need, you need to read chapter seven again, you know, <laughs> just like stuff where, you know, it's, and it's just the, you know, of course you can zoom out and see this is opposition. Right. This is, this is sort of provoking the message hoping that maybe you can disqualify yourself before that book comes out and changes people's lives. That and is a it good was word. Profound. I just want to stop there because that is a word that anyone, if you're not writing a book, if you're not in the middle of a marriage or having a mess, that is a word that, that we need to hold on to. There is opposition coming against us to see if we will give up on what the calling is to not only step into, but that will transform us into that next season or that next breakthrough, right? Yep. I mean, I think that is a good word they have to hold on to. So yeah. go ahead. Tell me about uh, getting so, Ted, because I know your personality is very driven. Yeah. Ted is a more I'm laid back. I'm the gas, he's the brakes, and you need yeah. both in a car. So yes, you need both in a we car. We need both that's for safety. Good, that's a good analogy. <laughs> so, you know, and my husband's a nurse, and I'm a writer. So obviously... Yeah. I knew that him, I'd be like you trying to step into a hospital. I mean, I know a lot actually from being his wife and helping him go through nursing school. So I actually have a lot of knowledge, but I can't start an IV. I've no. never done that. I mean, no. I know how to like 
probably do it in theory, but in practice, no. no. And so I didn't expect my husband to also become an author. I just wanted him to have put his voice in there because what he adds is actually really amazing. So his perspective and his, his gentleness and, uh, he's very strong. And most people think that strong is loud and brash and abrasive. No, actually strong doesn't have to say anything. They're actually very calm people. And so I, I wanted his strength to come across in the message. I wanted his perspective to be there. And so I patiently and uh, helpfully, you know, got those words out <laughs> and helped, like you know, that. like just made sure that, that it did it did what he intended it for it yeah. to do as well. And I think people really benefit because the book, what you'll notice if you do get the book staying, I do, is you'll see his voice. It'll say Ted. And, and then the section under that is his voice. And then you'll see charity. And then there'll be a section under that's my voice. So you actually do get to hear from both of us. And I actually even had a lady tell me yesterday that she and her husband are reading the book and he reads Ted's parts and she reads oh, my that's parts. So cool. It's really cute. Yeah. So, um, but getting that book out, it, it took, it took surrender. Mm -hmm. It took being willing to put our heart, our life, our soul on display mm -hmm. in the hopes, in the belief that God would use our are things that we did right and are things that we did wrong to benefit other families. I'm the kind of person I would rather learn from what you did wrong mm -hmm. than to do it myself and, mm -hmm. and then have to go through that pain. So we have put so much in there in the hopes to prevent pain, if possible, unnecessary pain. I mean, yeah. I believe pain is there for growth, but unnecessary pain, it can just be destructive. Yeah, It can just be hard. And so we put a lot of things in there to help prevent that unnecessary pain should people choose to use it. Um, anything from communication and, and you'll see our topics are not rocket science <laughs> and, and really what it is, is it's just like saying, you know, to lose weight, you need to eat vegetables. Well, who wants vegetables? <laughs> vegetables aren't necessarily the sexiest thing. Cream. <laughs> yeah. And, but we all know it. And sometimes it's just a matter of having never seen it or having never tried it or having never stuck with it. There's just some really solid um, suggestions that, and plans and things that we do, we implement, you know, we talk about, we don't go to bed angry. Now I'm not saying, well, I should say we don't go to sleep angry. We've definitely got to bed angry, <laughs> but we will lay there awake until 3am until one of us caves to the Holy spirit saying, humble yourselves, apologize, you know? And, um, I love it. Yeah. You know what I loved in the book, because there's a couple of things in there that are just everyday marriage, finances, communication, and those were powerful, but honesty you don't really see that as a title in your marriage books and your marriage counseling and the honesty and the rawness and the realness of what you guys shared and what you went through, uh, even on the sexual side, as you talked about it, I felt like that was not only refreshing, but it was very challenging for people who read it. Mm -hmm. I can communicate with my husband and say, you know, honey, would you mind picking up the groceries or honey, you know, we need to work through this. But the honesty of revealing the true depth of your heart is a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. That is beyond communication. That mm -hmm. is the raw and the realness of how you really feel, whether it's right or not, but it's how you feel and being able to share that without feeling like, it's going to destroy the marriage or it's going to, you know, cause so much damage. It's, it's irrevocable or they will reject me because I've shared that. Mm -hmm. How was that process of really getting to that place where you and Ted could just be raw with each other at that level? Um, did it happen overnight? Were y'all married that way or did you have to work into it? Well, one of my grandparents' books was, I think, called How to Make Your Marriage Exciting. <clears throat> and the first chapter, they talk about honesty. And so you'll see 
you know, some of their, their core messages, like even to the, being honest with the por- portion of a thought, that is from straight from them. I plagiarized okay. them. That I had their permission. Yeah, of course. And, um, <laughs> but it does take practice. And part of that practice is I'm going to try trusting you with a little bit and see how you yes. handle it. And then I'm going to try trusting you with a little bit more and see how you handle it. One of the things we talked about in the book was a ropes course that I went to. And the ropes course that we were up above the ground, and this was in college, so I wasn't married yet. There was a, there were two parallel ropes, and one of my teammates walked on that parallel on, on that rope, and I walked on this one. And how we made it across was we had to lean into each other with our hands, and we had to put all of our weight into each other. Yeah. The moment that either of us wobbled back at all, it caused the other person that instability, that fall forward. Yeah. And in being honest, and in receiving honesty. It has to be that we are both leaning in with 100% for that scenario to work. Now, does it mean that being honest won't hurt? You know, how can you be honest with someone? You know, sometimes people will couch it or cushion it because they know it might hurt their feelings. So how they're, what they're really thinking. Now, there's a difference between being vicious and actually trying to share something. Uh, You know, how does that that healing process work in getting them, getting you beyond, like you said, um, that hundred percent, you know, so they're a hundred percent in there. So the first, I'll give you the, one of the first examples that comes to my mind immediately was I think Ted and I've been married about a year, maybe two years. It was early, maybe a year. So let's say early on, very much in love. And I think everything is going great. We have a healthy sex life. You know, we've got no kids, you know, it's just whenever we want to, we can, <laughs> we can have sex. It was great. And then he comes to me one day and he was like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, Mm, this sounds different. And he was like, I'm struggling with lust. And my mind just starts spinning. Like, how can he be struggling with lust? What am I not giving him? What is not, what is wrong with me? And I just, I made it personal to me. And what he said after that really helped shift how I received his honesty. He said, I'm telling you so that we can fight this together. Wow. If I didn't feel like I could trust you with this information, I wouldn't share it with you. And he's like, I need your help. He's like, this doesn't have anything to do with you. He's like, you are more than enough. And he was validating me. And that was great. But what he was telling me is he was like, I have so much trust for you and our relationship that I'm telling you one of my deepest, darkest secrets at this moment. And once I understood that, and once I kind of you know came down from the, you know, what, you know, the offense or the inflammation yeah. of the information. Yeah. I love which, that. which give yourself a minute to de-escalate and actually hear what they're saying. He was really telling me how much he loved me and trusted me with that information. And yeah. that was what allowed us to take a minute to pray. And then I said, you know, thank you for sharing this with me. I know that that was hard. And he was like, thank you for hearing me. I know that that was hard. And honoring who each other is in that discussion was really important. So did it take a little time to kind of work through the process? Not, I'm sure it took time for him to work through his process and and figure out what was the trigger there. Mm -hmm. But as far as working through the process of um, you just being able to be still be free in your sexual relationship, all Mm -hmm. those different things, knowing that that struggle was with him, him, did that affect you at all? I mean, that's more of a curious question. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't remember other than I just felt like I, I knew that he would tell me. Okay. I, it, it actually, if you, if you pause and step back, I actually had more confidence That's after good. he told me than before, because I'm like, well, he's going to tell me Yeah. if he's even telling me that he's struggling with the thought of lust, 
then that's where our, we're, we're way ahead. We're not having that to, we're not in the damage control section. Right. We're in prevention. Right. And that's where we personally like to stay yeah. in our marriages in the prevention versus in the damage control. And what I, you know, just to be honest, we've had more people who've been through divorce who have not been married that have read our book than people I think who have been married. And I thought it was for the newlywed, for the nearlywed. Yeah. Or, and, and people are like, I never thought I could ever even hope to get married again because of how bad this one went. And I feel like now I've got the equipment. Now I've got some tools. Now I've got even just some boundaries for myself, for them, and some good questions to talk about. And that was something that really blew my mind. I had, I didn't even put that in my like target audience was divorcees or single people, but they're like, this is good for all relationships. I mean, obviously there are marital elements to it, but honesty applies to all relationships. It does. Communication, all relationships, finances affect all relationships. Yeah, I think so too. And what is that phrase you use? You rather be in the prevention versus the damage control. Damage control. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a key piece. The risk of preventing what could be destruction, uh, and and risking your heart to really be honest, so you don't wait till a year or ten years down the road and realize there's been that struggle mm-hmm. and we just never could do anything about it because it was never revealed. And a lot of times in a marriage, you know, when something's not right, mm-hmm. you can sense that, you know, things, you know, even with business, I can sense when my husband, I can feel like when the business isn't quite going right, I can just feel. Mm-hmm. So when you're married to someone and you're joined with someone, you have a sense and being able to actually get it out in the open to prevent destruction. Okay, there's one other thing, we've got about five minutes left, okay. but you used a, fa- a phrase called the 2% shift. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So I want you to tell us about that because we want to learn from that. Okay, awesome. So one of the things in, whether it's been my health journey, because one, one of the parts of all this in the last five years, I've been able to lose and maintain about 70 pounds. That I mean, great. just so thankful to God every day. I'm thankful for that because um, definitely yo-yoing before that. And I was like, let's just yo and stay, <laughs> like <just> stay down <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, but instead of focusing on how big something is, whether it's a marital issue, whether it's a financial issue, whether it's a health issue, is instead of looking at this big 100% gigantic problem or issue or adjustment that you want to make, what is the next small 2% shift that you can make and maintain? It's like trying to say, okay, I'm going to start drinking a gallon of water, exercising two hours a day, eating only vegetable. You know, it's like, that's, that's too, like that's That's turning a big ship too fast. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to likely be unsustainable, Mm -hmm. but I can make one change and I can make the next change and I can make the next change. And eventually 2%, 2%, 2%, it adds up to be able to change a major direction in your life. That's amazing because my big thing is wholeness. That's what I feel Mm -hmm. like. We're on a wholeness journey. God's called us to. I have this Moses principle where we're all going to live to 120. (laughs) We just have to focus. You and Ted. Definitely there. Me and Ted. But uh, in doing that over these five years and losing 70 pounds, congratulations. How has that transformed your vision for the future? So one of the things that I thought was really interesting was Ted has been working on a, a personal issue himself. And he, I've just seen him grow in his confidence and working on the issue. And I was like, what, what made the change? He was like, actually watching you commit to and stick with your health goal. Because wow. he's seen that be one of my biggest struggles my whole life, especially in being married and having so many kids so fast. And so he's like, just actually watching you stick with that has helped give me confidence that I can stick with this. And um, it has been something that like, I, I just don't mind being in the front in photos. Yeah. I don't pile a bunch of kids in front of me anymore, which I mean, if you've got four kids, it's easy to be, here it is, here's me. 
and so no I'm just, you know, I, I am more confident. Like on our on our anniversary trip, I went zip lining. I held on to my own weight and zip lined down to the directed spot, and I, I was nervous. Yeah. But when I finished, I was like, this is part of one of those rewards of all that work. Yeah. And it's just a, it's an intangible that I, I experienced it. It was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. It was for me. I did that for myself. And the other, the other one of the main issues too that is translating to is my family. I'm wanting my kids to see mom did something hard. So can you. Yeah. Mom did something hard over and over again. So can you. Mom cried when it got hard. So can you. Mm -hmm. Mom got up when it got hard. That's so good. can you. All of those things, because obviously so my good. household is going to be my most important field. Yes. And so if I can get my crew seeing, and obviously they're on their own journeys, but if I can at least show them mom did something really hard and so can you, then I've got those people going out and showing other people. And obviously just friends and family and business, it's affected all those things because I am stewarding finally right. <laughs> my body yeah. and my health. And, and we all can do that. Yeah. Now, were you brought up uh, with that stewarding your body thought process? No. Or I wasn't either. Mm -hmm. We were just brought up with... You Everything know. was canned or iceberg lettuce. Yeah. Like, iceberg I lettuce, like most cereal. Yes. You know, you, you know. add sugar to your cereal. That's yeah, how, you, yeah. that's how so, it tastes better. Yeah, and I didn't actually know. I just didn't know until yeah. I was older, for sure. Yeah. So in closing, release a word to the people that will encourage them on their journey. One of the biggest things I can just say is obedience is confidence. Yeah. If you want to that. feel confident in your walk, in your life, in your business, in your marriage, obedience is the key to confidence. It's the it opens up doors. It opens up finances. It opens up health. It opens up relationships because that's instead so of feeling good. condemned and all those kinds of things, you feel that confidence. So that's I love a big it. word. I love it. Obedience is confidence. That is amazing. And like I said, you see her information on the screen. Reach out. Connect with her. I'm so glad you came. This is an amazing show because for me, I feel like we're aligned together in this journey that God has for us. So thank you for watching. And remember, you're the best investment you can make. Invest in yourself because God is investing in you. And watch us next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.